Hey, everyone. Welcome in to The Wrap. Another week. Another beautiful summer week and uh, here in the Motor City. Thanks to everyone for being here. You're welcome into The Wrap. Tom Mazaway alongside Clarence Black. Ethan's in the house today. Uh, thanks, guys, for coming in. The Jim Reels Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios. We're trying to keep this as uh, real as possible. Uh, you know, as here we are, baseball team last night, the Florida Marlins, the Miami Marlins as, as they are now. And uh, they've got 17 players now under quarantine. Uh, and here we go. We're starting it out. And they didn't play last night. The Phillies do not want to play against them either. And now, all of a sudden... The Nationals have now voted against traveling to Miami this upcoming weekend. So I'll go to you first, Clarence. Uh, welcome in first. Thanks for coming. Nice, in, man. We, we, you know, here we are. We, we said, I, I've been saying for sure that I don't think they're going to yeah. get through this whole season. But what do you think? I'm, I'm pissed off at baseball for this because I think when you look at what the NBA, the success that the NBA is having, minus obviously strip clubs and carryouts, yep, they've been successful. Um, and the snitch line is red hot. The snitch line, red hot, red, red hot. hot. <laughs> and and now we gonna get the Rod Beard talk about these tacos. Man. Oh yeah, we'll talk to Rod later. Um, we're gonna talk to Lynn Henning in a few minutes. And, and Ethan, for me, man, I think I was okay until I I heard Dr. Fauci say that he literally. They talked about this. Like Fauci was in the, he was in the initial meetings and in the subsequent meetings where this came up. So MLB was that after his bad first pitch. This, <laughs> but that, and I think Maz, what pisses me off, man, you're a parent, so you get this. Like when I tell you something, tell your kid something, and then the kid subsequently doesn't listen, and then what you warned said kid about happens. Yeah, it's that that feeling is what I feel right now because Fauci is is talking to CNN like, what the hell are the Marlins doing? I, Bobbing for apples? Well, what were they doing? It does. Fauci's <laughs> point was Fauci's point was it doesn't matter if you don't bubble. When they made the decision not to bubble, and they and he said that he's like, hey, look, they they we he's like he was one of several experts that were there to say, hey guys, like. Look, here's here's your risk factors, and your risk factors go up as you decide to not sequester and bubble and quarantine, and you want to let well, everybody play in their own stadiums. And he was just he wasn't angry; he was just kind of like matter of fact, like. And they were like, "Well, do you think they're going to play?" And he was like, "Look, I can't speculate." Basically, he didn't want to be the one to say, "Hell no." Well, and the players were the ones that didn't want the bubble. Yeah. So. Originally, this was going to be Florida and Arizona yeah, and, back in the day, at least. Yeah, but the whole thing is, and MLB's come out and they've said this, commi- the commissioner said this, we're not surprised by this. Like, they knew that there was going to be, yeah. you know, players that are, yeah. that, that are going to get COVID. But the thing that they're also saying now is, okay, we can find logistical ways around this. There's talk that the Yankees will just go play Baltimore starting on Wednesday. And uh, eventually, the Marlins and the Phillies might be able to make these games up. It's un—it's not sure yet. Right. But they've also talked about okay, not every team is going to play sixty games possibly. Oh boy. So when it comes to the postseason, we're going to go off of win percentages. Whether you played fifty-six games or sixty games, we're going to give the teams their their fair shot. But MLBs—they had a one hundred and like fifteen-page, you know, manual about what to do in this situation. They knew this was going to happen. Um, did they think it would be this quick? <laughs> did they think it'd be this quick? Probably not. But yeah. with a sixty-game season over a three-month period, it's, yeah. it was inevitable. And you know, 
You know who knew that this was going to happen from the get-go? Our good buddy, Lynn Henning, from the Detroit News. <laughs> he knew. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn said COVID is in control. What's up, Mr. H? I'm Ev. Clarence, Ethan, yes, uh, hate to say inevitability uh, has arrived, but it only took about three or four days. And uh, you'd like to think this is an isolated case, but uh, tell me if uh, the pandemic has been isolated. Nope. Um, no. It's, it's attacked every region on the planet, and um, the fact that it's caught up here with a couple of baseball teams at the end of a July when infections are rising in many areas of the country, uh, this doesn't exactly come as a shock. It's disappointing, but uh, there's no surprise here, guys. And the first team to get it, of course, is the state that's probably the most infected, right, in Florida? Yeah. And um, no coincidence there. Uh, they've taken pride in thwarting all the guidelines really all along. Yep. Uh, at least their governor has. And uh, plenty of the residents who believed, along with too many other people in the country, that you could have a pandemic and still have your way of life. And uh, they found out, and are finding out steadily and tragically, uh, that uh, the pandemic really doesn't care about your optimism or your uh, rugged individualism or anything else that you want to throw its way. Uh, it infects people at uh, an astonishing rate. And, uh, guys, I just uh, think we're in for the kind of long haul here that the epidemiologists all along have thought was inevitable. And I've never thought for a moment we'd play football this fall either. And right. I think that's becoming more remote, too, of course. And Juan Soto, last week uh, we talked, was the first player to check out of a game, you know, right before the game. And he can't get two negative tests put back together i've read today that he's taken i mean they're they're testing this guy left and right but he can't put two straight together again so is the testing is there something wrong with the testing because he feels that he's healthy well there's plenty of guys man that we know are are, have tested positive and are asymptomatic and uh, that's one of the problems with this thing it can leave you convinced that uh you're not affected, and you might not be, but you can still be infecting people. And that's, again, the nature of a pandemic. So all along, guys, you know, to go back to our previous conversation, everybody figured this was an owner's-players duel, and they were all set to descend with wrath on either side or both sides for not coming to an agreement when I thought it doesn't matter what you sign or agree to here, you're still dealing with something that is way above the mortals right now, and that is this virus. But it's just, again, something that seems to be kind of endemic to the U.S. here, that uh, we, we want to pretend like we're above everything. And, and that kind of uh, ethnocentrism is not helpful, particularly when uh, we've had what we've had here, killing people at such a rate, infecting people at an even greater rate, and now what could have been probably handled at the outset the way so many smart countries have and have now gotten on to their ways of life, we're finding is going to extend with devastating results into 2021. Mm. When we could have had a lid on this, we could have had kids back at school, and we could have had our sports back. So do you feel there's uh, very little hope for our kids to go back to school 
on a regular basis for sure? Yeah, I do, man. I, 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 you know, the kids are oh. carrying this bug along with everybody else, and in those kinds of quarters, come on, it, it, it's again, it, it seems like we're trying to rationalize our way through this deal. And uh, that's created uh, us being uh, number one here indeed. In cases, we've got 5% of the population in the world. We've got 25% of the cases. So just because we have some kind of bodies that are different from everyone else's that uh, are conducive to this thing? No. It's because we, from the outset, uh, wanted to pretend like it was no big deal. And I don't say that for everybody. I say it, though, for uh, the guy in the White House, and I say it for way, way too many tens and hundreds of millions, perhaps, uh, who also wanted to believe this. And uh, it has now put us in the soup. And instead of just a recession that, that would have been one or two quarters, we're going to probably descend now into a full-blown depression, Ugh. all because we didn't want to act like this was something that we weren't uh, over in, in an overarching way, able to command. It's just, it's ridiculous, guys. Lynn Henning, our guest here on The Wrap. Our Lynn, guest, he's like part of the show yeah, now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> hey, Lynn, so Bob Nightingale just reported that the Marlins season has been officially paused. Um, the team is uh, in quarantine. The team is officially in quarantine. 19 positive tests, and they likely won't be playing again for another week. Your reaction? It's the Marlins first, and then how many more dominoes? And really, Clarence, again, uh, what we're seeing here, the idea that baseball could have circumvented realities here is just uh, crazy. It's just, it, it, it's, it's an example of us not taking stock of a situation here that's been on display um, throughout. And again, have doctors had any kind of authority in this matter, any kind of ability to assess here accurately yeah have the epidemiologists been sitting there evaluating telling us exactly what we should do telling us exactly what was ahead have they been wrong no who's been wrong governors that decided they wanted to pretend like this wasn't going to get in the way of their commerce and uh even major league baseball that supposedly set up all of these provisions by which infections weren't going to somehow permeate their clubhouses and leave their guys on the shelf, well, we've gotten our answer there. Linda, you, you try to become arrogant against a coronavirus, and uh, you're going to get it in the chops, and unfortunately you're going to kill people along the way. The NBA is testing every day. So far, that's working. Sequestration is working. The NHL bubble, whatever is, you want to call NHL it. NHL is perfect so far. Perfect. Doc, Dr. Fauci, no was, cases. he was on CNN yesterday that said baseball was given every possible risk parameter about playing from home and the traveling. Do you think that the issue, again, as you look at the success so far the NBA is having and the success the NHL is having, do you think that the the simple answer should have been to to sequester and quarantine and just have a bubble? You know, a bubble. That bubble, Clarence, uh, is hardly airtight, and I think the NHL and the NBA are going to realize that too. As long as you have people, to some degree intersecting with the rest of the country and the world, they're exposed. And the idea they can be hermetically contained during this thing, 
uh, for any length of time? I think they can at the outset, and the protocols clearly are working right now for NHL and at least at this early phase for the NBA. But how much longer? We've got infection rates that are going to be rising here as we get into the autumn and into the late autumn. So whatever kind of reprieve people feel that they've been allowed here at this point, I, I don't think is, is going to be around very long. And, and again, that just simply follows the models that the people who understand medicine and science have all along been creating and, and offering us. And uh, we, we want so badly to have sports, we're willing to believe there's some kind of an exemption here. And uh, I think we're finding out in uh, really tragic ways that there aren't any ex- exemptions and there aren't going to be until this thing is behind us and we get a vaccine or whatever finally calls a halt to this. But it's it's a nightmare. Do you think we'll be able to uh, get out and, and vote for our next president? And how do you think that will affect the Trump people and the Biden people? Who Who, who has the advantage here? It's going to be tough and of course already uh, that is introducing the kind of delegitimacy that uh, uh, trump really wants yep. uh, to, to see evolve here but i think man has two things and of course he, he opposes it for all the reasons that you just mentioned he doesn't want uh, mail-in ballots no uh, absentee ballots even though they've been shown to be absolutely bulletproof um he, he doesn't want anything that's going to increase turnout now if, if we do get into an autumn here where this thing is going the way we know it's probably going, what they're going to have to do is extend voting hours. We saw what happened in Milwaukee. And they've shut down because um, too many red states simply don't want people, a lot of people voting. They want, they want to discriminate against primarily black voters. They've closed 1,700 polling places in this country. That's where you saw those ridiculous mile-long lines in Milwaukee during the primary. Wow. Uh, so it's succeeded in that. So if there's any delegitimacy, it's, it's from the point that you don't have all the people participating wantonly on the part of a party that doesn't see voting registration as being in its interest or voter turnout. So that, that's been clear for a long, long time. There's, there's no debate about that, um, not, not when facts are exposed to any light. But I think, Maz, you're raising a good question, and again, that's why so many states uh, have tried to get uh, mail-in voting going here, uh, and they're met with such, again, uh, opposition from people that don't simply see the vote voting as being in their favor. But I think, back to your original question very succinctly, I think they're going to have to extend voting hours and maybe even a couple of days. Right. Um, to get everybody who wants to vote, uh, that vote recorded uh, the way this thing is going. Leonard, so one of the things that concerns me is, uh, you know, obviously, so the SEC has come out and said that they are going to play football and reportedly they're well, they <laughs> and they're going to fly the Confederate reaction, flag, right? And uh, you know, there was some there's some talk that you know this could be, and obviously we're not a political show, but there's talk that that those SEC governors that are in the South where, you know, they are very, very, very much red that, you know, they, they could get some favorable support from the white house. I mean, in, in, in this sort of, of dynamic, 
And I know that Notre Dame is bringing kids back on the 11th, but they've already been told that they're going to have to sequester. You know, they can't. And I don't mean Notre Dame, um, the football team. I mean Notre Dame, like just the school. Kids go back on the 6th, and then on the 11th, I guess they get classes started, and then no parents can come visit them. They are literally locking everybody in until Thanksgiving. Do you think there's any any way that that you know this is going to to fly in the SEC if it I mean if it if the president says hey play football are they playing against each other yeah and that's what the the SEC commissioner <laughs> said we'll play an SEC only schedule and we will crown a national champion your thoughts Lynn that just means more of the infected states are going to see more of their infected people playing sports against one another that makes a lot of sense. Um, it, but that's the rationale, Clarence. I agree that uh, they're they're producing no matter how silly it is. Uh, it's a little akin to something I heard from a guy down here. Of course, I live in Georgia now, and he was saying, ah, "I said uh, they're going to play football. It's just too important to the SEC." He said there might be big, and this is a University of Virginia grad, by the way. This is no no redneck. He said uh, there might be. A few people, he said, uh, up in the Big Ten that won't play. He said Northwestern probably won't play. In other words, this is just some intellectual, sissified response to a pandemic. <laughs> well, guess what? They're going to find out what the rest of the world has. And I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe it'll take losing football for them to finally understand some things. But this is a once-in-a-100-year global phenomenon. And it is serious. You can say dead serious because we've got 150,000 yeah. already gone here, Ugh. and it's going to be at 200,000 very, very quickly. So, Lynn, what do you it's say to, to expand? Go ahead, Clarence. What do you say to those people on the other side that have made this argument? Because here's the argument: they say, "Okay, that's great, Mister Henning, and you're trying to you're 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 giving us you know the apocalypse, and we're all going to die." But here's it's just the thing. a virus. If 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 in the state of Mississippi and Alabama. They don't have pro teams, so so it is SEC well, football. Well, and the pandemic Trump trumps whatever your sports interest. Is. Well, that, that's that's my point on this whole thing. Yep, from the get go. Their, their argument, their argument though, is that the the lack of revenue could cripple them to a degree to which they it is it is unrealistic to expect any kind of recovery whatsoever. So, in fact, whether it's an economic death or a pandemic death. Like at least the one they feel is they can they know that they can control the revenue piece of it, that if they don't play, they don't have professional football to fall back on. And it is it is a death blow to, to the, the, the money that is generated by SEC football in some regions that don't have pro sports to support. And that they feel like that that some people aren't aren't looking at that. And that is one of the reasons they are making the case that it is an essential. This is an essential business because without this revenue, Things never go back to normal. That's exactly what the red states and too many other places said at the outset of this thing. We've got to have our economy. We've got to have our lifestyle. And what has it gotten us, Clarence? It's gotten us the worst infection rates by exponential numbers of any other country in the world. It has left our economy devastated for the longer term. It goes back to what I was saying. Had we put the same kind of constraints on ourselves as a society that other countries did, we'd have had this thing bottled up in this country, the same as New Zealand, 
South Korea, in Vietnam, in Germany, in, in Australia, in all the other sensible, smart countries that were prudent about this thing. You've got to shut it down initially, get it corralled. Then guess what? A few months from now, you're going to be able to have your sports and have your school and have your economy, and you're not going to kill hundreds of thousands of people in the process of trying to want it both ways. So that's my answer to the SEC. Lynn Henning joins us. Before we let you go, we got Tigers, man. You know, did you get a chance to watch the game last night? That was ugly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, you know, there's going to be a bunch of those. Yeah, I mean, you know, as, uh, I, I think uh, they got everybody fired up, and they did play well in Cleveland, or rather in Cincinnati. You're going to see some vestiges of that, uh, but uh, it's going to depend <laughs> on a lot of things clicking. And um, last night, I think people figured that Michael Fulmer was back in, in stronger shape than he is. He's 16 months off this baby. In fact, the big surprise for me is that he has been pitching as well as he has. Yeah. And then you had some other rookies involved, Burroughs and Funkhauser. And <laughs> they got lit up. Ethan's shaking his head on those two guys. Ethan said, well, why they, why they even make the pitch. team? Man, when your name is Funkhauser, you can't be bad, bro. <laughs> That's just too easy. You can't be bad when your name is Funk. When you yeah, got Funk I, in your name, you gotta you gotta be good. Well, that, 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 that's that, Verlander's got three syllables too, though, Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, really though, I, I I think you're gonna see just what we've seen in four games. You're gonna see some good stuff and some pretty bad stuff, and that kind of makes it like a lot of baseball seasons, and particularly like a lot of the. The, the more recent ones where you haven't really had all that many good things. They, they do have, even last night, they got six runs. So, you know, if their pitching had been half cooperative last night, they'd probably win that game. But they, these rosters are going to be such a mishmash uh, in an ongoing way of people who probably wouldn't otherwise be performing uh, that the credibility of a 60-game season not only was – compromised at the outset because of so many fluctuations but now with the marlins and everybody canceling i mean guys i i hate to say train wreck but i'm afraid that's what's what's building here and i don't blame anyone for trying to make it work if they had supervision and governance from the medical people but guys i just think you're you're not pushing a rock uphill you're you're trying to push a semi-truck uphill, and that, that's just not going to work. All right, Lynn. We appreciate you coming on, as always, and uh, we'll chat with you again. Okay, Maz. Clarence, Ethan, good talking with you guys. Yes, sir. All good right. hearing from you. Our good buddy, Lynn, good buddy Lynn Henning from the Detroit News, and uh, uh, Ethan handed me that phone during the show, and uh, Nightingale uh, mm-hmm. you know, writes in that uh, the Marlins are done for at least a week. The Nationals didn't want to go to Miami this weekend. Yeah. I guess that's gotta, that, that had to push them over the edge. But that's why you had these 60-man squads at, at the beginning. Yep. We're going to see a lot of change. And I'm just going to ask you, you think the season's going to go? I, or do you think they're going to pull the plug? From, from the way the commissioner addressed it yesterday, it's full go. It's We're not, we're not shutting down. They'll shut down. They'll, they'll, we're going to figure down. a way around this. They won't. I, I legitimately see if... If another team doesn't get hit as hard as Miami has, you 
I think they'll at least make it to 30 games, and then something will go horribly wrong, in which case the season will shut down. But I legitimately see this probably going at least to 30 games. If the national security advisor can't avoid it, and a baseball team can't avoid it, I, I don't know what more, for the people on the other side of the aisle, from, you know, whatever, I, the, the, the red people, and I'm I am a as down the middle dude as they come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't go left or right. Gotcha. right. But just from a, a a matter of just pure facts, if you look at this, no matter what you want to call it, if you can't get a handle on the fact that this thing is lit, this is some shit out of a movie to where you can't guard. I don't remember what movie it was where it was like they literally Contagion? were like they were trying to tape off. People were taping off. Uh, doors and like literally nobody went outside unless they had a gas mask on and like you the freaking national security advisor the man who who meets regularly with the president couldn't avoid it Mm. and i'm assuming he's not being stupid i mean you're not getting away with this and in the the sec to say yeah we're gonna play not only are we gonna play like we're gonna have a national champion i mean i thought that was the craziest thing huge asterisk next year oh we gotta, we're going to play an SEC-only schedule and have a national title. That tells you everything you need to know about how he feels about his his but guess what? SEC football. We'll watch it if it's on. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the sad oh, part. Yeah, but, but that champion will be as as valid as UFC yeah. or UCF being a national yeah. champion. Yeah. What do you got against UCF? Nothing. Okay. But the national championship is not a no. legitimate national no. championship. Doesn't matter. Not, not with this guy. Hey. I pray for us all that we just are staying healthy, that we can get through. Look, I want I want to see sports. I just don't see it's feasible. And if we want our kids to go to school and we want to just live our lives, people are getting unemployed again. Unemployment's running out. It's over for a lot of people. Well, and they're gonna kick that. You know, the, the, the part of the plan coming out of the Senate is what two hundred bucks a week. I'm like, what the hell is that gonna do? Is that two hundred yeah. on top of the? The three hundred or one sixty. So what is the six? Was the six yeah, on the top six of was it? on top of the yeah, whatever so, minimum? So whatever was. the on top was is now going to go from six to two. Okay, it's something. It's better than zero. It's something, and we hope uh, you can get a job out there, and you, we can hope that you can pay your bills and, and take care of your family. That's the number one thing. Sports, let's face it, man, it's on the back burner. Thanks to David B. Ellington in the house. Stevie Mack helped us with the show. We'll do this again, fellas. It's uh, Clarence Black, Ethan Perlman. Tom Mazaway, right here on The Wrap on NRM Streamcast.